Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. This is Chicago's number one and most listened to sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The Score. This hour is brought to you by Vasectomy Clinics of Chicago. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2. On Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. 5.7 seconds left. Bulls down 197 near hash mark. Caruso to Zach Levine. Dribble drive. Comes up shooting foul at right. No. Pulled down by Avdia. And that's the ball game. And the Bulls lose. Wow. I'm speechless, Bill. He shot a two. He shot a two. They needed a three. They pinched him at the three-point line, and he had to bust through it. No, he didn't. Uh, I don't get it. (laughs) What are you doing? There are plenty of options. He could have shot the ball or passed it. To someone else who would shoot a three. Right. Because that's you're down three. You're down three, and there's six seconds left. A two does you no good. And thinking that you got fouled on a foul to give by Washington in that scenario does you no good. What in the are you doing? Cody Westerland is on Twitter at Cody Westerland. He is our beat reporter for the Bulls here at The Score, and he is 670thescore.com's editor. He is with us on The Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, and he's on Twitch. Hello, twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 The Score. I, that, I, what the hell, man? I, that is as, as dumbfounded and angry as I've been after a game in recent memory, they've had bad losses, but it's no fun rooting for a team that is that is like lazy and dumb. That was that was as disastrous of an ending as you can really have in a basketball game, guys. And Zach's explanation of expecting a foul to get called makes sense for why he threw the shot up at the end. It makes no sense whatsoever for ever going inside the three-point line. Like that just. That makes no sense. He's the one that needs to shoot the shot. So at no point in the final seconds should he be inside the three-point line. And he didn't really clearly address that aspect of it after the game last night. He did explain um, the part about expecting the foul. But this just goes back to there's it's always something with the Bulls, right? Like whether it's a physical or mental mishap, um, they just aren't a well-rounded enough team. And and that's low basketball IQ play on that final play. There's There's really no other way 
to to say it there, and that's really frustrating because Zach certainly had a really good game, but um, we're going to focus on the final play. We should. Those things get magnified, but you guys also know the game got away from the Bulls in the third quarter there. So anyway, you want to look at this uh, this loss. It's bad for the Bulls. Now the Bulls are seven and ten against teams that are below five hundred. Cody, is there any thread that, that that connects why they're struggling against teams that aren't good? We asked, we asked these guys that, you know, multiple times per week, and they don't really understand other than to give what to me feels a little like player speak, coach speak, the lines of we get complacent. Well, if you're going to keep repeating that and that's going to be your line of reasoning, um, that goes back to how much you want it, right? Like that, that kind of calls into question your mental fortitude. Like, are you focusing enough, concentrating enough? Because look, if the Bulls can beat the Bucks and Celtics and, and play the Celtics really hard down to the wire on a night that DeMar DeRozan got injured the other night, we know that they have the ability to beat these bad teams, these sub-500 teams. So when they're not doing it, uh, it means it's a lack of concentration and focus to me, to the game plan, um, to, to the importance of every single play in a game. Uh, you can have some bad stretches in basketball, right? Like everyone always wants to play 48 full minutes. I mean, most coaches understand there's going to be some lulls in the game, but good teams, teams that take care of business will have a three or four minute lull, right? Like one scoring stretch that that's really poor. The Bulls had basically an entire fourth quarter for that last night. And then if you look at the third quarter, they were a disaster on defense for 12 full, full minutes. You can't have absolutely abomination of quarters in a game and expect to win really against anyone in the NBA for the most part. Um, and certainly a Wizards team that the Bulls have played a lot of games against here in the past few years. And a lot of them have been close and go down to the wire. And that's what we had again last night. So I just get back to what they've said. And usually it's some form of complacency. And that frustrates the coaching staff. It frustrates the Bulls players, but it also keeps happening. When DeMar is not on the floor, what are they missing? Well, the problem last night was Alex Caruso goes in the starting lineup, scores six points on three of 11 shooting. So what you're missing is scoring depth, right? All of a sudden, you really only have two guys in any way in the starting lineup that can create their own shot, and that's Zach and Vooch. And they each had a good start last night, but Vooch did not keep that up throughout the game. I thought some of that was on his teammates for not going to him or, or after um, the first quarter, not going to him enough. I think he had eight points on on four or six field goals and then only shot eight shots the rest of the game. And look, Vooch had five assists last night. Feels like you'd want to have played through him even a tad more because he is a willing passer, which we talk about a lot. But it just gets to the point where it's, as a defense, it's not too difficult to put a lot of attention on one guy and slow him down. It's a little more difficult to do that to two. It's really difficult to do that with three people. And when the Bulls only have two out there that are dangerous, creating their own shot, uh, it just puts guys in situations they're not comfortable, right? Like Alex Crusoe, Patrick Williams, Io DeSumo combined as three guys in the starting lineup for, for 20 points last night. That's just never going to cut it in the NBA, even though you look at some of the stuff like Io shoots four or six, that's fine. But he didn't create off of the bounce enough um, for the Bulls to really have a lot more offensive thrust when they needed it in key moments. So those guys get taken away. And that's what DeMar is. He's, he's a reliable 25, 26, 27 points on efficiency every single night. And it's going to be a struggle for however long they're without him. And it sounds like it's kind of going to be a day-to-day thing here moving forward. I, I don't think they lost last night because they didn't have DeMar DeRozan. It, it yeah. didn't seem that way. It didn't feel that way. It would have been nice to have him, especially because, what, he's he's thirty roughly 35% of their free throw attempts 
38% of their made free throws, and, that, and missing that hurts, but I, I won't go there. I, I, I disagree, Dan. I think that he's their smartest basketball player. And what they needed in the third quarter and in the fourth quarter was someone with a basketball IQ. Well, and, and this gets back to the, the controversy about end-of-game shots and how Billy had to bend over backwards and say, here's why we go to DeMar at ends of games. Yeah. And this, mm-hmm. is, this was something my partner said on the, on the OWC podcast last night. He closed the show by saying, okay, Zach... If there are issues about end game situations and and why that can't happen, that that is exactly what can't happen. A perfect example yes. of of him making the worst possible yes. choice yes. in an end game situation. And, and that's why the, the whole politics of end game situations. Billy doesn't have to say much when you start seeing stuff like that. Now, also, Cody lineups got janky, and, and they're going to. With guys out, with Javante out for a while now, and and with DeRozan out, there were just some weird combinations. Seeing Kobe White and Io on the floor together at the same time, man, Drummond has got to get his ass in shape. And and, and I don't know. Brian Geltziler pointed out the other day. Just said he's fat, and 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 when he can't move, it, he fouls too easily, and he's he just doesn't have value when he doesn't move well. And I don't know what's happened to Dragic, but ever since the shoulder injury, he has looked. Old and slow. He was slow was the word I think stood out to me for him last night too. I mean, he got taken off the bounce by by Wizards guys who were, you know, just low-profile role players, guys that are afterthoughts of beating him off the bounce and getting where they needed to be. And then Dragic, it felt like he couldn't get space himself. Like, you look at him, he shot 2 of 7, and it feels like part of it was because uh, if the ball's in his hands late in the shot clock or within the realm of, of a play the Bulls are trying to run, he just doesn't have, have space on that. So both those guys you pointed out, like that's the danger when you go back to last offseason and sign Dragic and Drummond to, to basically minimum contracts there or close to it. Like it's okay, they could provide a little role for you and some some help in certain situations, but you can't count on these guys for 82 games. That's why they're close to minimum players in the NBA Drummond was just absolutely awful in his eight minutes with the five fouls. You're right. Um, Just slow on everything there. And I think teams are starting to understand and and take advantage of that a little more. I I don't know what Billy does besides play Derek Jones Jr. more, right? But Derek Jones Jr. always feels like he's got a banged up hand or or finger in these situations. So when he plays more, um, I don't know how much more you can expect to get out of him. And we go back to this all the time. No, no margin for error, and that's just another example of it because the ben- bench is so thin right now. I, I know that you, you kind of went over this a little bit when giving the overall assessment of what's been wrong with the Bulls, but Kendall brought it up on, on pre and post last night. Him and Jason had a great conversation about it, and Billy has talked about the concept of playing defense without fouling. Why do they struggle in that regard? Well, I just don't think they're athletic enough, right? Like, that's the main thing to to me with the Bulls. Um, Vooch, Drummond uh, are not good athletes in an NBA setting. Patrick Williams is, is strong and can be physical, but I don't think he has good lateral foot speed right now, for example, depending on who he's guarding. And Io DeSumo is... Nice role player in the NBA, but he's not anything more than an average athlete at best in the NBA. Like this just this is what happens when you don't have quick twitch guys. And I know Dan's pointed out several times it feels like the only quick twitch guys they have are Zach Levine off the bounce when he's healthy and and Kobe White feels like he can 
can dart around the floor. And Kobe's been better lately, but you look at most of these guys, they're just at an athletic disadvantage when they're in one-on-one situations. And anytime someone gets beat off the bounce, then you're chasing and you're out of position. So even the ones that it feels like they know what to do, Um, can be in bad situations too. And look, teams are smart. They're going to pick out these matchups, right? Like you saw the Celtics get Jason Tatum on Zach Levine on switches several times Monday night. And that wasn't so much to go around Zach as it was for Tatum to shoot over him and be comfortable. But still, like you extrapolate that to any matchup you want. Teams are going to hunt this. We've seen them hunt Vooch. Um, We've seen them get at Pat Williams when they like the matchup with their star player on him and the Bulls don't have a better option. So to me, most of that goes back to the Bulls just not having the physical tools in one-on-one situations when they're playing defense. Before the game, Casey Johnson reported that this is not getting blown up, that this is the timing of it just couldn't have been worse to have that report come out and then have so many of, of their fatal flaws on display there. So what do you what do you do you know and we're going to we, in just a couple minutes we're going to play Billy Donovan's post game he can say what he wants and we can talk about what needs to be and what they have to do but there's no consequences because now because of injury and everything else it's not like you can bench people they're already scrambling for lineups you're not going to so you play Dale and Terry a little bit more i don't know you you play Carly Jones you I, call up Javon Freeman Liberty no, he's not ready yet i love I, I, there's some things he does really well and i love his body oh boy does he does he look the part but he doesn't shoot it enough well yet but i, I just don't, i don't there's no answers no i agree with that and i guess i would turn this question around a little bit more to you guys too and see what you think what's your definition of blowing it up right like i i would not trade Zach Levine um right now because I want to see what he can do and I want to see what he is when healthy, but is trading Vooch blowing it up? I don't really feel like that's blowing it up. He has free agency coming. I would shop him on the trade market and see what I could get because I think moving forward after this year, the Bulls need to pivot away from Vooch because if they bring him back, I just feel like they'll have a lot of the same defensive problems and be pigeonholed into kind of the same style in some ways uh, if they bring him back. So I would shop him. I just don't expect anyone in the NBA to care about getting a center that's not a defensive difference maker um, in, in the NBA right now because they look at playoff matchups and think our star wings and guards are going to score our points. We need a center who can defend. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't expect to get much from him other than like a second round pick or something or maybe an end of the bench fringe rotation player. But if you can flip him for a young guy that you think can be your ninth man or something next year, like... I don't have a problem with that. That's what I would personally do. I don't expect the Bulls front office to do it because I expect them um, just to put more sincerity into still challenging this year and viewing um, the need for Vooch. But to me, it's like trading Zach or DeMar is blowing it up, and I don't see them trading either of those guys before the trade deadline. So I, I agree the path is at this point to, to stay the course, but – I just don't, what would be blowing it up to you guys? Trading Vooch, trading Caruso, I don't feel like that quite reaches the threshold. I think you're right. It has to be a combination of those guys with either DeMar or with Zach for it to constitute blowing up. But that I really hope that they haven't closed their eyes to the idea of making changes because this is not yeah. going to work. It's not sustainable. And if they're sitting here waiting around for Lonzo Ball to come back to make make some uh, uh, decisions on it, then I think that's bad business. Well, it comes back to the lack of the Bulls' flexibility too, right? Like when you're operating well over the cap and a few million do- dollars under the luxury tax line, 
when you have future first round picks going out to other teams, you just don't have much flexibility to turn teams over during the season without blowing it up. So there's just the February 9th trade deadline is a big deal. But it just doesn't feel like the Bulls can do as much as a lot of other teams with more flexibility in the NBA could do. And now maybe the Bulls could do more in the offseason and such when cap space opens up for teams and teams are more um, willing to let go of guys who are in their rotation because the playoffs aren't looming when it's July 3rd. You know what I mean? So for me to the Bulls, like it feels like they do need to do something at the trade deadline to get the, the wheels greased a little bit here toward the future and I there. I just I don't expect that to be big names of any sort. I know that we're a couple of games away from this, Cody, but have the Bulls talked at all about like the challenges of playing a game overseas? No, we we haven't yet. I do think we'll we'll probably focus on that a little bit more here with the Bulls back home, um, hosting the the Thunder and the Warriors on Friday and Sunday, and then the Bulls leave for for Paris after that, where they'll face the Pistons over there a week from now. So. Uh, I think so. They've, they've mentioned the challenges before being so many back-to-backs early in the year, right? Because the Bulls are basically have seven days here with, with one game on the schedule, which in the NBA is nearly unheard of, but what you have to do um, when you fit in an overseas trip. So they've talked about the challenges before. We haven't asked them too much about the challenges that, that are upcoming. The good news for the Bulls, right, is if they can leave there late Sunday night. They should have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. That, that's a lot of time to get acclimated to the time zone change and just get rested before you play that game on Thursday. But, I mean, it's it's going to be a busy trip for these guys too, right? It's not like they're going to Paris just to sit in their hotel room and do nothing. This is basically an NBA outreach program, mm-hmm. an international series, where you showcase um, all your players to all the fans and as many community events and opportunities as you can over there. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And in the tradition of Michael Jordan, they'll have to take their kids to the luge. (laughs) Of course, of course. Cody, thank you. Appreciate it. Yep, you guys take care. Cody Westerland, uh, Billy Donovan after the game sounded different than he has before. It was about as unhappy as agitated, maybe? Agitated's a perfect word for it. That's how it came across to me. Annoyed. Yeah, there's real discomfort. It's one thing for us to do the podcast throwing pens around the basement, but to hear it from the coach is meaningful. So we'll bring back a big chunk of that immediately when we return on the score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? 
We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Both Zach Levine and Billy Donovan, you know, the focus of the last play, both of them, to their credit, steered it back to that third quarter saying, hey, we put ourselves in a position to be at the mercy of calls and weird plays because of that third quarter. So they did not absolve themselves of that future third quarter. Yeah, that's fine. But that doesn't change the actual decisions that were made because you were in the position that you were in. It's all true. One doesn't change the other. Right. Their bad play in the third quarter doesn't negate the bad decisions that were made at the end of the game. That was Casey Johnson on with Mully and Haw this morning. You're allowed to then also correct what had happened in the third quarter by making good decisions going forward. And the Bulls didn't do that. And them being beat by a team that didn't have two of its best players on it and seeing the way that they played so great in the first half, they shared the basketball, they played good defense, they got after it on the boards. And then as soon as the third quarter came, it was like they forgot that there was two halves to the game. And Washington gained confidence as the third quarter. This 16-point lead. And they ended the quarter, what, down seven? Like, that's... It was 41-21. It's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. It was, it was offensive. It should not have happened. Because that team's down three starters. They're out there with Taj Gibson playing heavy minutes last night. And beating you for rebounds. Denny Avdia had 20 boards. He doesn't even quite know what he's doing yet. 20 boards, man. Can't happen. And for the first time in a while, I I know that he he wasn't literally throwing things around the house like I was doing damage to stuff with whatever was in my hand I was throwing it cuz I'm I'm an idiot and a child. But it sounded like Billy Donovan and I were uh, of of a similar mind. I didn't talk to Zach after it. Obviously, we were down by three. It was it was a play to get a three, but they also had a foul to give. So I don't know if he thought maybe he could kind of bring the ball through, maybe try to draw something. Um, like I said, they had a foul to give. They were up three. There's a, maybe a decent likelihood that they would try to foul, but I, I didn't talk to Zach after it. So I don't know what it was, but we were certainly trying to go for a three, but we also wanted them to know that they, they had a foul to give too. So... He did. We saw the replay. I mean, on the catch, he is behind the three-point line. Was that kind of the, the option right there for him to take a shot right there, or was he? I think we had we had Kobe coming off of a stagger screen, 
And then we had him kind of, Patrick pinned in for Vooch, and Vooch kind of wrapped him, and Vooch came in and pinned down for Zach. So I hadn't seen the play um, of how open he was curling to the ball or you know whether or not he could have gotten one off or not. Um, but obviously I sort of put the ball down on the floor and try to, looked like he was trying to bring it up and draw some contact. When they have a foul to give, like five seconds in that, like what are a players thinking they're going to give the foul and they're anticipating? I mean, what are you telling the player to be aware of and to do Figuring, well, they're going to give a foul, we're going to start over again, or take a quick three. I mean, just what what are they told? Well, when you're in those situations, you just basically tell me I have a foul to give just because at some point, if if your mentality is you're not going to shoot right away or you all of a sudden have got the basketball and you start to put it down and a guy feels like he's got a good opportunity to give a foul while you're dribbling, you know, now the player doesn't know that there's a foul to give because you never know what's going to quite happen in the play. So obviously, you know, I don't, I, again, I didn't see the play on film. I'm just saying, is there something you want them to do? No, they just got to have an awareness of it. You know what I mean? Just because if a guy comes off and he has a shot and he catches and shoots it and he gets fouled, that's fine. But if he catches the ball with five seconds to go and he goes to get to a spot and as he goes to get to a spot, he gets grabbed without the knowledge of the foul to give, he may be able to anticipate that and then go up and get a shot off is, is, is kind of what you just want the player to do. But certainly if a guy's coming off the screen and can catch and shoot it, by all means, we should do that. But if for some reason you can't and now you've got to go into a dribble, you've got to have in your mind that all of a sudden this guy lunges out and grabs you, you've got to have the savviness to maybe just at the same point just try to go up. And you're just basically not telling them to do anything different but just have an awareness that they do have a foul to give if, if a guy gets close. Billy, obviously there's going to be a lot of attention on the finish, but I mean, did it feel like an accident sort of waiting to happen the way the game was going with the, the defensive rebounding issues and the fouling issues throughout the game? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, our inconsistencies, lack of discipline, whatever word you want to use, um, in the first half, we kind of were able to close the second quarter out. We fouled three jump shooters. Uh, we gave up, I think, eight points from the free throw line. Gave up seven offensive rebounds. Um, and then I think at the same point, we had a, a double-figure lead. Um, and we had talked at halftime. And, you know, some of the guys stepped up, and I give them credit about, you know, we need to understand how to come out in these first five minutes. And I think Zach maybe made the first shot of the quarter. Um, and then we got scored 41 to 21. And I think the last maybe two and a half, three minutes of the third, we got beat over the head on a free throw situation. And I think we turned the ball over three consecutive times coming out of a timeout. Those are things that you, you're beating yourself with. Um, the free throw line discrepancy was pretty, pretty significant. We got hurt on the glass. And, you know, again, we scored 30 to 39 points after scoring whatever it was, 50-something in the first half. So, you know, again, I think I've talked about this, is trying to find ways for us to be more consistent. But the third quarter, what happened in that third quarter, you know, is, is, is not a standard of play that is going to put you in positions to win. You know, again, you know, we got, out, we, got, we got outscored by, you know, 20 points, basically. It's a mentality we have to have. I think that's what we've got to develop, is this kind of mentality in these situations. Okay. Coming out of the third quarter, let's try to make them call the first time out. Let's get some stops. Let's not foul. Let's not have breakdowns. Let's not do things that are going to beat ourselves. What's the things that are going to beat ourselves? Turn the ball over, giving up second chance points, bad possessions on offense, and, and, and fouling. You know, there's things that, you know, you got to do. And, 
you know, I called, I think, a quick timeout there and you know, made a substitution. And, and I, I would say this in fairness to the guys in that quarter, I think one of the things I felt this way, again, you know, I'm not, no one said this to me. This is just my opinion. The amount of layups we missed yes. at the rim Thank you. by a lot of people had a definite impact, I think, on our mentality, you know, coming, you know, going through the rest of the quarter. And, and that's going to happen sometimes, you know, and we got to be able to move past those things. Um, but the disappointing part, the frustrating part, whatever word it is, is that we know what it is and we've all got to get it resolved, myself included with them, you know, to have that kind of mentality. And there is, you know, so to speak, that you know, people say killer mentality, whatever it is, but that focus and concentration of, okay, we just built a double-digit lead right now. These next four minutes, we really got to be locked into what we're doing here. And if we're going to lose this lead, it's going to be because they they get the lead. They did it. And it's not because we, we, we did some things. And I'm not taking away anything from Washington. No, they fought their tails off. Yeah, they fought their tail off, and I don't want to take like it was all us. They, they did a great job and, and, and fighting back. But we had a lot of things that I think that we could have done better in that situation. I don't think he's got to qualify that at all. Everybody understands exactly what he's talking about in that regard. That's Billy Donovan after the game last night, sounding as as unhappy as he has in his tenure here. And it, it highlights their, the, their thin margin for error because of what Cody Westerland just described is that lack of athleticism. That's why you miss layups. That's why you have trouble finishing at the edges of your range sometimes when you're Caruso or when you're Io and when these longer, springier guys are challenging you at the end. You can get past the first guy. You can get an angle on the second guy. But it's not easy to put the ball in the basket in this league. And there's no gimmies for the Bulls. They've got to make their free throws. They've got to control the defensive glass. They can't turn it over. And when all of those things conflate at the same time, you see the wheels come off like they did last night. There are a bunch of things that Billy said in there that I think are important. Awareness. He talked about that multiple times. Not a standard of play that's going to put you in a position to win. It's a mentality that we have to have. Focus. Concentration. He's right. But again, I keep going back to Billy is great at telling me what happened. He's not great at making sure that it doesn't happen again. Zach, if you have to go, if you have to be this demonstrative with your timeout and drawing up the play at the end to say, Zach, we're taking a three-pointer because we're down three. You shouldn't have to say that to a max player in the NBA. Or to any player in the NBA, I, any player anywhere. Dan, I agree with you. But if if you are shown over and over and over again that your team lacks awareness and a standard of play that's going to put you in a position to win, that they don't have a mentality or focus or concentration, then guess what? As a coach, you've got to change your strategy too. You can't rely on Zach to just somehow get it because he's a max player. But these are all the things that, I'm, that I've been trying to tell you on why it doesn't matter if Zach's knee is fine or not. He's not a max player because of stuff like this. The reason that DeMar gets the ball at the end of the game is because he has a higher basketball IQ. 
He understands game and situation. And no, he's not a perfect player. But I trust him to make the right decision at the end of a game. And he's more likely to get fouled and less likely to turn it over. And Zach, Zach is Zach is so bewildered at the end that he's pointing at the referee. Well, wasn't I fouled? Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you were fouled. You were inside of the stripe and you weren't shooting. What in the world were you doing? How did how did that make sense to you? What math did you think was happening, even with a foul to give? Like, that's the other part that makes me so angry about it. it they weren't in the bonus. All you were going to do was side out of bounds if you got that foul call. How in the world can you think that that was the right move to make? How does that make you more likely to win the game if now you've got to set up another play with two seconds left? Look, inside of the group chat, I was talking with this with Campy and Herbie and Tony. The difference between the two dudes. DeMar is a hooper. Zach's a guy who's got a lot of great offensive skills. He's not a hooper. He, he likes to project himself as one, but he's not. He's just a guy that's really good at offense. And last night was another example of it. You finally got DeMar out the way. He's not there. You're the man now, dog. Here's your opportunity. And what do you do with it? You dribbled inside of the three-point line and sitting there crying, looking for a foul that was inconsequential because you didn't understand the score and the situation. Hoopers understand the score and the situation. And this is the guy that they've hitched their wagon to. A guy with all the athletic gifts in the world and a lack of basketball IQ and killer instinct. He's Lawrence Holmes. I'm Dan Bernstein. Next up, we have High Noon. I have a hero with a drone. I've got a really happy story about a meme and NIL money. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast if your day sounds like we need the report asap you deserve Medella. if you've persevered through 
you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I'll be back this way on Monday. We'll settle this then. Right there, out in the street, in front of the palace alone. Yeah, right. When? High noon? Some big stuff to talk about on this show today. The news broke just as we were coming on for transition with Mully and Haw that the Bears have made it official. They are hiring, they have hired Kevin Warren as their president and CEO. He will be announced at a press conference at noon on Tuesday, after which we are told that we can look forward to having a conversation with the new Bears CEO on this show. That's very exciting. I like that a lot. We talked in depth about that, and we heard many opinions about him. This is this is a home run hire for the Bears, and this is as optimistic as I've been about the Bears' big picture in as long as I can remember. We also talked about that Bulls disaster last night, and it was that. It was it was just an absolute train wreck on so many levels. It's this made me really happy. I don't know why, it just did. And it also gives us a glimpse of how old we are, because, you know, we're old. This is from ESPN. When Diurnus Collin was nine years old, he inadvertently became a meme. As a young boy, he was holding a Popeye's drink cup, looking suspiciously at the camera as the cameraman teased him about his resemblance to viral star Little Terrio. The video took off and Collin's likeness appeared in memes expressing uncertainty or awkwardness. At the time, he didn't like that he was gaining the attention and he didn't fully understand why everyone knew who he was. It wasn't until recently that he came to appreciate the notoriety, and just days ago, Colin capitalized on his image. On Tuesday, SportsCenter posted a photo of Colin winning a state championship with his East Orange High School football team next to the original meme image. Colin, now a red shirt freshman center at Lake Erie College in Ohio, thought he would take a chance and use the moment to benefit himself. Because of the new rules within the NCAA, Colin is allowed to profit off of his name, image, and likeness. He tagged Popeyes on social media, and he caught their attention with how he once again went viral. Quote, I thought this is probably the opportunity I can get with Popeyes to at least reach out. I went on Instagram and decided to post asking everyone to repost and tag Popeyes, not knowing that I would get all the support I got. People just started to join on my post and people that were on the Sports Center post. And I believe Monday afternoon was when Popeyes DM me and said, We actually want to work with you. Collins said that Popeyes has offered him an NIL deal, but he has not yet signed the contract and couldn't disclose the details. He will help to promote the restaurant chain because the news of his deal has also spread across the internet. Colin is already starting to hear from other companies 
on potential contracts. Yes. So the kid who's the Popeye's meme, now he's he's a big boy, 61330. And the meme was sort of to explain it, it was sort of this uncomfortable side eye like what are, what are we doing yeah here? why are you taking pictures of me i'm sitting here with my popeyes drank what's going on why don't here? you leave me alone <laughs> and and that that meme has been around long enough for that young man to now be playing college football and profiting off his name image and likeness you know how we both feel about popeyes shout out to popeyes for this one name popeyes favorite food A hero Brit saved his family and hundreds of swimmers when he spied a 20-foot shark with his drone. Oh. David Alfonso was filming wildlife and spotted a large fin while his wife, Kirsty and their two-year-old lad, Sonny, played by the water's edge. And there are the, the pictures here are a part of this story here, and it's just it's absolutely amazing. So he FaceTimed his wife. To get to safety, she alerted beachgoers. David then used his drone to guide lifeguards on a jet ski to check it out and confirm. They confirmed it was a 20-foot great white, and they called in a helicopter to keep an extra eye on it. The helicopter sounded a shark alarm, and lifeguards then shut down the beach in Western Australia for four hours on Saturday. He said, good thing I had my drone up there. There there were apparently thousands of people on the beach. He said, I saw these sharks. He said, I thought they were great white or bronze whaler. That's the Australian term for a copper shark, which which isn't usually dangerous. But it's just 10 feet or so from swimmers and 6 feet from shore. He said, I couldn't leave my wife and son in that water. He said, I fly with an iPad and showed the lifeguard the screen. So they said these... It's not uncommon around these waters to see great whites of that size, but to avert disaster by just alerting people enough to say, hey, this." When, usually when they are in shallows like that, they are actively looking for lunch, and to have none of these people end up lunch because this guy was attentive to his drone is is pretty lucky and pretty good work. Now, I would think that like some beaches do, it's not an accident. The lesson here is is have a very inexpensive piece of equipment like a drone and an iPad and have somebody on busy days during shark season in charge of maybe, you know, looking for them on purpose rather than by accident. Because it would seem that this would probably be easy to do. Yeah. I think there are beaches around here that... Whether it's off of Long Island and Massachusetts, depending on the time of year, I know there are beaches that have this as part of their their regular safety service. Well, that's it's funny because you can hit the thing, Mike Rankin. Because my story has something to do with safety in the water, too. While we've all been really wrapped up in the story of DeMar Hamlin, There's been a former NFL player who's been fighting for his life after being doing something heroic. Peyton Hillis, right? Yeah, Yeah. Peyton Hillis and his sister. Peyton's children were in the water, and they they were struggling in the water. 
and Hillis. Was his nickname the White Rhino? Is that right? Do I have that? I think I have that right. Uh, Madden cover and everything. He and his sister jumped into the water to save the children. He's finally like been let, uh, been taken off a ventilator. He's still in the ICU. So I I know that uh, the whole country was was captured as they should be by what was going on with Demar Hamlin. Uh, here's hoping that Peyton Hillis has a full recovery and that his kids are okay and that he's going to be all right um, because it's I I know that that instinct is there for every parent to try and save their children from something and he clearly didn't care about the the repercussions of it. I'm just glad that he's doing better. Did your thoughts go where mine went? Because I believe Peyton Hillis was was a Kansas City chief at one point, right? Did you think of Joe Delaney? No, I didn't. Remember? Yeah, I do now. Joe Delaney, the former chief star running back who drowned while saving someone else. Wow. But I'm I'm happy that he's doing better. Like everyone said, his girlfriend said that it looks like things are going to be okay. He had to be helicoptered, Mm -hmm. you know, out of this situation. So. Shout out to, to Peyton Hillis, and hopefully he's doing much, much better after saving the lives of his children. That's high noon, and that means we are going to talk to Matt Bowen in just a couple of minutes. You heard his voice earlier, and you will hear it again talking football, Bears news, playoff games coming, all of it. He's next on The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.